Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to another edition of the Round Trippers podcast. I am your host, Austin Spiro. Thank you for continuing to listen to the podcast. It has been quite a hiatus um, with this podcast. I appreciate y'all sticking with me. Unfortunately, as many of you know, I, I do not do this for a living. I just do this for fun because apparently I enjoy talking baseball into a microphone to a bunch of strangers. Um, no, in fact, I am actually a elementary school teacher. And of course, this was a, um, this is a busy time of year when it comes to schools. Uh, you know, you're finishing the finishing up the year, graduations are coming, so on and so forth. I teach fifth grade, so we had a lot of graduation stuff going on on top of other personal things. So um, with that, with that being, with me being a teacher, I just want to say congratulations to all the graduating classes of 2022. Um, you seniors, uh, congratulations, you made it, and welcome to the real world. It sucks right now. Um, so now let's, let's get into the baseball now, it's been a while since I've been on, but it's funny. We're going to go full circle. I remember episode one, we talked a lot about the All-Stars. And in this one, we're going to talk about the All-Stars as well. This is going to be a two-parter episode. So this one is part one of the episode. Um, basically, what I'm going to what I'm going to do today is we're, it's going to be all All-Stars. Um, I'm going to be talking about my All-Star ballot. And then we're going to be talking about a member on each team that I think should be an all-star or should be considered on the all-star team. Now, we'll, we'll divulge into that a little bit. Um, we'll, you know, we'll dive into that a little bit as, as we get there. Um, but I just want to say some of those people that I put on there may not be necessarily the people that you think I'm going to talk about. Um, since this is part one, what I mean by part one is today we're only going to talk about the AL. We're only going to be talking about the American League. Then the next episode that I will put out in a couple days, we will I will talk about the National League. So today is just going to be the American League. So let's get started with my All-Star ballot. Um, with the All-Star ballot, I'm going to go AL and NL. I'm going to give you that, and then uh, we'll go straight into every, te every AL team's All-Star. So... Um, this is, uh, who I will vote for, or right now anyway, who I'm going to currently vote for, for the all-star team in this year's 2022 all-star game at Dodger Stadium, which is right down the street from me, actually. Um, it's a couple hours away from me, uh, out here in California. So let's get right into the all-star ballots at catcher. I'm going to vote for the Toronto Blue Jays' Alejandro Kirk and the Cubs' Wilson Contreras. Uh, yes, uh, both, of the, both of those guys are on offensive tears. Both of them deserve um, the nod. Um, I'm not going to talk about Contreras in this episode, but I will talk about Kirk later in the episode. Another one that I'm going to talk about is my vote for the AL first baseman, Ty France. Um, and then uh, for the NL side, I'm also going to vote for Paul Goldschmidt, which is good to feel. He's on a tear right now because... He's on my fantasy team. Although this, I mean, I've been talking about it with the co-host of the other podcast that I have, uh, Total Bases. Uh, I've been talking about it with Felipe uh, since we have a league together. We're in a couple leagues together, actually. Um, this fantasy season has been very frustrating, even though I have people like Paul Goldschmidt, Jose Ramirez, Jordan, you know, uh, not Jordan Alvarez, but I have uh, J.D. Martinez in a couple. Despite having all of that, it's been a very, very difficult year in terms of fantasy. Um, anyway, my, uh, 
My votes for first base are Ty France and Paul Goldschmidt. At second base, I'm going to do Astros second baseman Jose Altuve and the Marlins second baseman Jazz Chisholm. Uh, third base, this one is pretty easy. Both, I think, are early MVP candidates in their respective leagues. The Guardians is Jose Ramirez and the Padres, Manny Machado. At shortstop, I'm going to go with the Mariners' J.P. Crawford having a very underratedly good season. And then the breakout season of Tommy Edmond at for the Cardinals. In left field... You can't not vote for Jordan Alvarez, whether it's going to be DH or left field. I have another person at DH, so I decided to put Alvarez in left field. And then I'm going to have the Mets' Jeff McNeil, again, having another underratedly, or having an underratedly good season. After having not so good of a season last year, he's come back strong, has had a resurgent season. Jeff McNeil is my NL vote for the left, uh, for the left field All-Stars. Um, center field. You got to go with Mike Trout. Mike Trout has been on another level, even when, even though he's been hurt a couple games, he's just been on another level. And then the Mets is Brandon Nimmo, again, having a very, very good season. Right field. I think these are two you really have, you, you have to vote for Aaron Judge. Man is probably the best hitter in baseball right now. And Mookie Betts on the NL side for the DH. For both sides this year, because the uh, DH is universal and in both leagues, I went with J.D. Martinez and the Phillies' Bryce Harper. Um, pitchers. Now, pitchers, you don't get to vote for because that's strictly a manager's decision, but I decided I was going to, you know, if I was the manager of, of each all-star team, who would I pick as my pick uh, as my pitchers? So I went with three starting pitchers, two relief pitchers. For the AL, for the starting pitchers, I went Shane McClanahan of the Rays, Tariq Skubal, of the Tigers, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, I'll talk about McClanahan and Scooble. And Nestor Cortez, uh, the breakout star for the Yankees. Uh, and then for the relief pitching on the AL side, I went with two Yankees. So I pretty much picked a lot of the Yankees pitching staff. I went with Clay Holmes, who is on an insane tear, and Michael King, who has done really, really well out of the bullpen for the Angels this year. On the NL side, uh, for the NL side, my three starting pitchers. Sandy Alcantara for the uh, for the Marlins, Joe Musgrove for the Padres, uh, an early early front runner for the Cy Young uh, in the NL, and then Pablo Lopez of the Marlins also on a pretty good tear. And then for my relief pitchers, I picked AJ Minter of the Braves on an absolute tear. If you have not seen that man, go watch him play. We'll go look at his stats. He's got a lot going on with him right now. And relief pitcher um, Josh Hader leader, uh, NL leader and MLB leader in saves. Uh, so that is my, that is my ballot for the, uh, all-star game so far. Now we're going to transition a little bit. I'm going to transition to, from who I think should be the starters on the all-star game to who I think should get consideration on the all-star team. Um, on the AL side anyway, um, who should be getting the nod? Who should be getting considerations? Who is having an all-star season? Now, to get away from the Jose Ramirez's, the Aaron Judges, the Mike Trouts, I mean, because I like to make it hard on myself as a podcast, podcast host, I decided that I was going to get away from those guys. I was going to get away from the obvious choices for the most part, um, I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my list right now. I don't think I have any, oh, well, that's obvious, um, type of, type of person on this list, but 
And I did that on purpose because I want to spotlight as many people as possible because there will be people that get snubbed. There will be people that you look at and you're like, this dude is having, a, is having such a great season, but because he's got X, Y, and Z in front of him, he didn't make it, right? So I wanted to make sure that a lot of people get spotlighted. And because there are so many people that I want to talk about and I want to give each person their due, I'm going to make this a two-part episode. So we are going to talk about only the AL side at this point. Um, so we're going to go through each team on the AL side. I'm going to talk about one person, and for one team, I decided to cheat and do two. Um, so we'll talk about that when we get there. But we're, um, each person got at least, or each team got at least one player that um, I'm going to talk about, and we're going to talk about their season so far. Um, and I'm going to break it down statistically because, I mean, again, I'm one person. I can't see everybody all the time. Um, I've seen most of these people play so far, um, but, you know, not everybody I'm just, you know, looking at. And there were some that the teams were so bad it was literally the only choice. So, and we'll, we'll get to that at that point. But what I'm talking about is statistics. Um, I'm going to go back to trying to explain the statistics because I've been listening to some of the fans of my show and some of them have been like, Austin, you got a great show. But when you talk about some of these statistics, some of these statistics, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm going to do my best here to listen to my listeners. Oh, oh. listen to my listeners and, um, get back to explaining what some of these statistics are that I go by so that when you analyze your own or you want to make your own opinion, you know what these stats are. So let's get started. So we're going to go straight into the AL Central. Um, let's just break down the AL Central a little bit. The AL Central has been quite interesting in my opinion um, so far this year. It is not it's definitely not what I thought it was going to be. I thought the White Sox were going to run away with this division. The White Sox have not ran away with this division. In fact, they're six games back, and they are, what is that, four or five games below 500, which is crazy to me. And I thought the Tigers were going to be better than what they were, and they're not. And I didn't think the Twins were going to be as good as they are. But lo and behold, they are up top. They are up top the AL Central. Um, so... Just to run it down, you got the Twins at 35 and 27, the Guardians at 29 and 27, White Sox 27-31, and the Tigers 24 and 35, and then the Royals at 20 and 39. So the question is, who on each team deserves to be looked at for the All-Star team? Let's take a look. We're going to dive right into the AL Central here. Let's dive uh, straight to the White Sox, um, the disappointing White Sox so far. Um, there is... A lot to be desired here when it comes from this team. They have left a lot on the table. They had very high expectations to run away with this division, and so far they have not done that. In fact, they have heard cries of fire Tony Larusa, and they've been relying on people such as uh, uh, Johnny Cueto. Um, Johnny Cueto is, I mean, Johnny Cueto is, what is he, 36 years old. They just uh, they just got rid of 34-year-old Dallas Keuchel's, uh, d designated him for assignment. They've had a lot of injuries. You have um, you have Lance Lynn out. You had um, you have a you have a number of people out at the moment. But you have some bright spots. Um, hitting is not as great as it should be. Um, the people that they expected, Luis Robert and uh, Yohan Moncada and people like that, have not have really disappointed when it comes to that. The, the the one hitter that it's looking like has 
fit the bill as to what they were supposed to be doing is Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson is on the 10-day IL. I almost picked Tim Anderson at this, but I decided to give the nod to their de facto ace pitcher in, in, in many cases, Dylan Cease. Um, Dylan Cease so far, uh, he's 20, in his tw- age 26 season, he started 12 games to the tune of a 4-3 and three record, a 3.14 ERA and 63 innings pitched, and 89 strikeouts, which is really, which is very impressive. Now, ERA, for those of you that don't know what ERA is, is the earned run average. So basically what it is, is how many, how many earned runs is the pitcher going to give up in nine innings if they were to pitch nine innings, right? So let's take a look. Let's take a dive into... Um, into Dylan Cease and how he compares with the rest of the MLB. So now let me really quickly tell you how I decided these people. So I just so I picked these people based on not very many qualifications. I didn't want to have too many constraints on this, but my one thing for hitters was they had to be a qualified hitter meaning they had to average about or they had to have a, a about 3.1 at bats or 3 at bats per team game played. So for example, the White Sox have played uh looks like they've played about 58 games. So you take 58 multiply it by 3 or 3.1, okay? So you're looking at a little a little under 180 at bats so far this season, right? Um, And then for the pitchers, I wanted them to average at least five innings a start. I didn't want to do qualified pitching because qualified pitchers is at least one inning pitched per game played. So, for example, um, at the end of the season, a team plays 162, uh, 162 games. So in order to be a qualified pitcher, a pitcher needed to pitch 162 innings. Now, for those of you that are new to the game and even those of you that are still kind of stuck in the old ways of pitching. Um, Pitchers used to be able to pitch 250, 300 innings, no problem. Now, in the era of pitch counts and specialized relievers and analytics and things like that, you are starting to see less and less pitchers even get to the 200 inning mark. Um, You're starting to see many, many pitchers um, leave after four innings, um, maybe not even get to the five innings, which is kind of heartbreaking to see you're kind of seeing the role of the starting pitcher kind of diminish and going more into a just a big bullpen game Um, which is why I decided that I wanted to change the constraints a little bit and let this in my mind if you're a starting pitcher you still need to have some durability you still need to go you still need to be able to go to at least half the game are a little more than half the game. So, you know, there's nine innings. I figured five is a good happy medium. So if they average five innings, I I considered them if they were doing well. So um, let's get into Dylan Cease. So Dylan Cease has pitched... Where is he? Uh, Dylan Cease has pitched 63 innings in 12, in 12 games. Um, very good. He's got 89 strikeouts. Um... Where does he rank with everybody else? So in terms of pitching war, so what war is, is war is wins above replacement. So you look at your replacement level player. Your replacement level player is at zero, right? How many wins are you going to get if you put this player in over the replacement level player, right? Or just the average major leaguer. 
So in terms of war, Dylan Cease is at a 1.4 war, which is right around, uh, he is 21st. So, or I'm sorry, he's at a 1.5 war, which is good for 21st. He's right there in the top 20, right around Corbin Burns, Pablo Lopez, who I also picked for, um, I also picked for my all-star, um, Alec Manoa having a breakout season. He's, he's right there, right? In terms, but that's kind of an, I don't know how you want to say it. It's kind of a, it's becoming more and more unreliable because there's a lot of factors that go into war which makes it really unreliable. So one thing that I like to look at is either what's called ERA plus or ERA minus. And what ERA is, is it takes your ERA and it adjusts it for the park that you're in, for the, uh, the teams that you face and, um, your position and things like that. So when you go to ERA minus, you're looking at, uh, Dylan Cease is 29th. He's at an 82 ERA minus. Now, what that means is league average ERA minus is 100. The lower the number, the better you are, right? Or if so, if you're lower, if you have a lower number, you are above average. You are above league average. If you are above 100, so if you have 102, 103, 150, whatever, you are, be you are below average, Okay, so Dylan Cease is at an 82, which is good for 29th. So in terms of ERA minus, he's the 29th best pitcher. But let's look at other things. Okay, let's look at um, strikeout percentage. Strikeout percentage, he's at 32.7%, which is good for second, only behind Shane McClanahan and just in front of people like Corbin Burns, Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon. Aaron Nola, he's right in front of all these people, right? He, uh, Nestor Cortez is 10th. Dylan Cease is second, okay? The only problem with Dylan Cease is he, strike, is he walks way too many people, way too many people. He walks 12.1% of batters that he faces, which is, I mean, is not good. It's, it's not great. But he makes up for it with the amount of hitters that he strikes out. Um, you're looking at batting average against. Uh, batting average against, he's 20th, 0.214. He is right there with the best in the league in terms of all of this stuff, okay? And uh, he's pitching all this to the tune of a 3.14 ERA, but his FIP is under three. FIP is fielding independent pitching, okay? So fielding independent pitching is essentially who you are, how you do as a pitcher. It's your ERA based off of things that only the pitcher controls and not anything that the fielders control. So you're looking at strikeouts, walks, home runs, things like that, right? So um, his ERA is below three. It's at a 2.9, or his FIP is below three. It's at a 2.96, which is good for 14th tied with Sandy Alcantara. So he's right there in the top 20 in every single category that, that I'm picking here. With that, okay, and he's not even supposed to be the ace. It's supposed to be Lance Lynn, and Lance Lynn is hurt, so he's really stepped up. And then it was supposed to be Dallas Keuchel, but Dallas Keuchel fell on his face like, like most people expected him to do. So you're looking at Dylan Cease becoming the de facto ace, stepping up into that and turning in what is, in my mind, an all-star caliber season. So uh, besides Tim Anderson, you're looking at probably Dylan Cease as 
the representative on the All-Star team for the White Sox. Let's go to the Guardians. So the Guardians have a number of people right now that could probably be on the All-Star team. Um, they have surprised, I think, very many people uh, or a lot of people in their offense, okay? How well their offense is. We know that um, a, Cleveland is pretty much known for churning out pitching and having a good pitching staff, but I think the offense has impressed a lot of people. You have Andres Jimenez batting, you know, over 300. You have Jose Ramirez being Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez is the obvious all-star on this team. Um, you have Miles Straw, who's stealing a lot of bags, um, you know, and Owen Miller had a good um, rise there. He had a good beginning of the year, not so much now. And then you have Shane Bieber, who's doing Shane Bieber things, even though despite people thinking he was going to fall off, he's got a really good ERA right now. But the one that I want to focus on that just quietly does his job and is quietly in the top 10 in saves, I'm talking about a reliever here, I'm talking about the closer, Emmanuel Classe. Emmanuel Classe has held down that closer's job for the, for the Guardians and is in the top 10 is probably in the top 10 in terms of the best relievers in the majors, right? So again, war, I'm not going to look at war. I mean, war, I'm not going to weigh a whole lot of war on relief pitchers because relief pitchers only get in a handful of innings. They get in one inning at a time. So it's really, really difficult to judge how well a team does based off of war or how well a player does based off of war itself. Um, but even with that, Emmanuel Classe is 12th. It, it, with all relievers in terms of war, 0 0.8. Um, strikeouts per nine innings. He's at uh, 10 strikeouts per nine innings. That's what you kind of want to see out of a out of a reliever. Okay, pretty good. Now, in terms of saves, he's getting out there and he's, say, uh, he's racking up the saves. He's 10th, even though the Guardians have a... Uh, they're right around 500. He's still in the top 10 in saves at 11. And he is pretty close. He's right there with everybody else. Okay, 24, point, uh, 24 in the third innings pitch. He's got a 10.73K per nine. Uh, he's also looking at um, a 1.89 ERA. He just goes out there and he just flat out mows everybody down. He gets out and he gets the saves and he quietly does it. Very nice job from uh, Emmanuel Classe. I'll give him the nod for um, consideration into the All-Star team. Hopefully, he gets to go there with his teammate, Jose Ramirez. The next one, um, I'm going to go to the Tigers now. So, the Tigers have had a very, very disappointing season. Um, what was really a season of kind of higher expectations for the Tigers has kind of turned almost disastrous. Um, they're at 20, they're 24 and 35. They are fourth in the AL Central, um, not doing well. Um, I mean, even with the additions of Tucker Barnhart, Javier Baez, no surprise there, um, and people like that. And then they uh, added, or, you know, they had the addition of some of their prospects, Spencer Torkelson, you have Riley Green still down in the minors. Um, you know, you really, you really look to some of these guys to kind of step it up and, 
you know, make that next step. What happened was the best hitter in their lineup right now is 39-year-old Miguel Cabrera. Nobody in the Tiger system is batting over 300. Not even, or yeah, not even really anybody on the bench is batting over 300. Nobody in the starting lineup for the Tigers it has an OPS plus above 100. OPS plus is on base plus slugging adjusted for, um, adjusted for park and position and schedule and stuff like that. So now, whereas ERA minus was you wanted a lower number. ERA minus, you want, or uh, OPS plus, you want a higher number. So anything above 100 is going to be, um, is going to be above league average. Every single hitter in the starting lineup for the Tigers, besides Miguel Cabrera, has an OPS below 100. Miguel Cabrera has a 104. After that, your highest OPS plus in the starting lineup is Willie Castro, their left fielder, at 86. Not good. Not good at all. So, you're really seeing a lot of disappointment from the offensive side of the Tigers. What about the pitching side? The pitching side, you're you're not seeing much better. Eduardo Rodriguez was supposed to be their big get. He has disappointed and now is hurt. Michael Pineda was supposed to be a horse for them. He's hurt as well. Uh, you know, you're not seeing very much. Matt Manning is hurt. Casey Mize is hurt. Uh, all of these guys that were supposed to be their dudes is hurt now. But there is one bright spot. There is one bright spot in that lineup, and that's who I'm going to go with. You were looking at prospects like Casey Mize, Matt Manning, um, to to really anchor that that starting rotation. And there was one guy in there that got pulled up that didn't get any noise and is making noise now, and has become one of the best pitchers so far in 2022. I'm talking about starter Tariq Skubal. Tariq Skubal has become a staple, probably the ace in that Tigers in that uh, Tigers rotation there. Tariq Skubal, in terms of war, is the second best pitcher in the MLB. He's got a 2.4 war only behind Toronto's Kevin Gossman. Um, he's at a, he's got a five and three record. He's pitched twelve games, sixty nine point two or sixty nine and two thirds innings pitched in twelve games. Um, he's got a K per nine just under ten, which is good to see. Uh, he's walking about one and a half people per nine innings, which is really nice to see. Um, but he's got a two point seven one ERA, which compared to everybody else, compared to um, the rest of the league. Uh, 2.71 is good for 17th, 17th best ERA. His FIP, probably should have looked at that beforehand. Uh, his FIP was, so he had an ERA of 2.71. His FIP is even lower, a 2.63, which is telling me his defense is, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I take that back. That's his expected ERA. It's 2.1, uh, where'd he go? 2.29 which is even lower than his ERA. That's telling me his defense is actually hurting him. So his uh, FIP at 2.29 is good for third best. Third best pitcher, right? So in my mind, that's really all you need there to show how good he is. But let's look at his let's look at his ERA minus. So you're looking at Tariq Skubal. Tariq Skubal has... An ERA minus of, 
I can find him. I, I lost him on fan graphs. Um, Tariq Skubal is 17th with a 70 ERA minus. So again, above league average, right? So he's doing very, very well. He is one of the, he's probably the bright spot on the Tigers offensively or, def- or offensively, defensively or pitching. I'm giving the nod to Tariq Skubal. And I really think he's going to make it. I really think he is going, going to make the all-star team. And then let's round out the AL Central with the Royals. The Royals are another one. They're really disappointing, but nobody, I don't think anybody really expected them to make any noise. They are still the Royals that won. They are they still have the same approach as the Royal as the 2013 Royals. The only problem is it's not working. Uh, you have a lot of very aggressive hitters that are just not hitting the ball. They're striking out a ton and not hitting the ball. Um, you're getting very disappointing seasons from their MVP candidate from last year, Salvador Perez, and there isn't much more when it comes to offense. Um, but, however, the and then pitching is just a mess. Their best their best pitcher is their number four starter, Jonathan Heasley, 3-6-2 ERA, and he's only pitched in six games. Um, their main guys, Brad Keller, Daniel Lynch, and Zach Greinke, who's hurt at the moment. Uh, Brad Keller has 4.74 ERA, Daniel Lynch 5.5 ERA, and then Zach Greinke 5.05 ERA. Not great. You're not seeing very much uh, in uh, very much greatness in terms of their pitching. So I decided to give the spotlight to the dude that's on one of my fantasy teams, Andrew Benatendi. And Andrew Benatendi this year, in a year that you're seeing the a dead baseball essentially, you're seeing a dead baseball all over the place. Not as much power. There's probably more of an emphasis of just getting on base. Yeah, you have the Aaron Judges and the Mike Trouts and the Jose Ramirez and people like that that are going to hit home runs anyway. And um, But you're seeing a downtrend in slugging percentage. Um, home runs being hit, things like that, right? And you're seeing an uptick in fly balls and a downtrend in batting average. So you want somebody that's going to get on base. Andrew Benatendi has been that. He's got a slash line of a 303 batting average, a 369 on base percentage. So the difference between batting average and on base percentage is batting average is how many hits you get um, divided by how many at bats you have, right? It's the percentage of hits you have compared to your at bats. The on base percentage is how many times you're getting on base per plate appearance. So now you're putting in walks, you're putting in um, reach on errors. Any way that you get on base goes towards your on base percentage. Batting average only counts hits. Um, and then slugging percentage which is essentially um, your power number. What's your power number like, right? Um, how many bases you're getting per at bat. So um, anything, um, anything in like the four five hundreds right now is really good. Six hundred is elite. You're look. You want to have a four hundred. Uh, I think slugging percentage is kind of the sweet spot there. Um, Andrew Penitendi is at a 394. So again, that's a 303 batting average, 369 on base percentage, 394 slugging percentage, which is really good. Um, really good slash line. Good for an OPS plus. Remember that that 100 is uh, league average. You want anything above is 119. So he's doing really good. Benintendi. Now, when it comes to when it comes to comparing him to other players, he's in the top 100. He's just not 
anywhere up up close to the top. So, you know, it's really hard to make a case for Benatendi to make the all-star team. He's going to kind of, I think he's going to kind of go by the wayside when it comes to other people, um, you know, when it comes to vote getters. But Andrew Benatendi deserves to have a spotlight because he is getting on base. He is producing as much as he can for as disappointing of a team as this is. He's producing as much as he can, right? So I I just wanted to give Andrew Benatendi the spotlight. We're not going to spend too much time on Andrew Benatendi. Um, so, oh, uh, actually not rounding out. We're rounding out the AL Central now. I forgot about the Twins. Um, the Twins, I think to me, have kind of been the surprise team this year so far in the AL. Um, I didn't think they were going to be as good as they are. They made a couple additions, the Carlos Correa, the, you know, the... Um, Gary Sanchez and the Gio Urshela's and, you know, things like that. And everybody was excited. I wasn't too excited about them because I wasn't quite sure how well they were going to do with these pieces. But their pitching has really carried them and they've had enough offense to really carry them into first place. Uh, opposite the Tigers, all but two of the... Uh, starting lineup for the Twins has an OPS plus above 100. The only two that are not is their catcher, Ryan Jeffers, and their DH, Gary Sanchez. Go figure, Gary Sanchez is below uh, below OP, uh, league average. But there's one guy that I want to, that I want to give kind of a spotlight to because, you know, you got Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa is probably the star on this team. Um, and he is, he has a good season. He's having a really good season. But the guy that I want to, that I think has found a home in that Twins lineup, he was having a hard time finding a home. He was playing all over the place. He had bad knees, so it was kind of hard to put him in a place. But I think he's found a home at first base. Luis Arias. Luis Arias is having a season that I think a lot of us were hoping that he would have. Um, Luis Arias, when you look at predictive stats you look at projections Luis Arias was the first person to realistically have a shot according to projections to have the next 400 batting average season for those of you that don't know the last time that a qualified hitter has hit over 400 in a season is in the 60s Ted Williams hit over 400 in the 60s so it's been quite a while since we've seen a 400 season. And Luis Arias is actually, he's the one that's been said, if he plays a full season, he will have the most, he will have the best chance to get there, right? So right now he's got a slash line of a 359 batting average. He's hitting 359. That means 35, almost 36% of the time he's getting on base or he's, he's getting on base via hit. He's got a 441 on base percentage. 40, almost half the time he's getting on base and a 435 slugging percentage. He's not going to hit you home runs, okay? He's hit three, which is nice, but his game is hitting is just getting on base and hitting. He's got an OPS plus of 158, which is really, really good. Um, that basically means he's hitting better than about 58% of the league, right? So, and now let's look at weighted runs created plus. So weighted runs created plus is you're creating, you know, how well are you, uh, how well are you creating runs 
and then it's adjusted for um, for Park and things like that. It's it puts everybody on a level playing field. Luis Arias has a 159 weighted runs created plus. Any of these, the plus or minus statistics, you're looking at a baseline of 100. That is a that is league average. So 59, uh, 159. That's that's really good. He walks more than he strikes out. He walks 11.8% of the time and is striking out 8.5% of the time. Um, amongst qualified hitters, he leads the league in batting average. He also leads the league in OBP. So he's got two of the three triple crown, triple crown categories. He's not going to get slugging because you have people like Goldschmidt and Judge and Machado and people like that that are, that are hitting the cover off the ball. But Luis Arias is getting on base. Okay, to the tune of a 1.4 war, which is, um, I mean, because he's not slugging, war really penalizes him, which is why it's very, very difficult to trust war as a standalone statistic. You kind of need it in a, in a more, um, in a more collective sort of statistic, but narratively, He's getting on base. He's producing for this team. And the more he gets on base for the people like Carlos Correa, the people like, um, you know, the other the other people that they've got, the Gary Sanchez is the Byron Buxtons. Byron Buxton will probably get um, some MVP, or not MVP, but all-star votes because he's hit 17 home runs already. Um, you know, the Gio Urshela's, the, you know, the, he, they have a lineup now where somebody that gets on base like Luis Arias will be cre- will create runs whether by hitting him in by RBIs or getting um or scoring runs okay in fact Luis Arias leads the team in runs at 33 the next one oh I take that back he's second Byron Buxton is 35 um so I'm giving the not and because He's got people like Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa, even Gary Sanchez. Um, I think Luis Arias will kind of get pushed to the side when it comes to all-star nods, but it he deserves a look. The Orioles. The Orioles is the one that I cheated. The Orioles, I couldn't decide which one I wanted to go with, so I decided I was going to pick two, even though the Orioles have been very, very disappointing, um, which I don't think any of us really expected the Orioles to do really well, but it's just kind of, it's hard to see because they've got some good pieces. They've got Cedric Mullins. They've got, you know, their catcher, Adley Rutschman. They got Robinson Chirinos, who's a good catcher to kind of help with these young pitchers. Um, You got, you got good pitchers um, that are up, that are up there. Uh, Bruce Zimmerman had kind of a good stretch there. Um, and so it's just tough to watch the Orioles. It's just really, really tough to watch. Um, you want Ryan Mountcastle to do really good, but Ryan Mountcastle is just, he's not doing great. Cedric Mullins is probably the star of this Trey Mancini with the story that with the cancer story that he had last year, you can't help, but not root for Trey Mancini or you can't help, but to root for Trey Mancini. I want to root for Trey Mancini. Um, but the two guys that I want to give a, that I want to give a little bit of highlight to is Austin Hayes, their left fielder. Austin Hayes in 212 at bats is batting 297 with a 390 or with a 359 OBP and a 462 slugging. That's pretty darn good. He's got a good grip of home runs. He's got seven homers, 34 RBIs already this year. Um, 
and he's batting to the tune of a 135 OPS plus, which is best on the team. Um, I mean, to be honest, I can't really complain about anything that Austin Hayes is doing. Austin Hayes, despite the fact that um, the Orioles have changed the dimensions of their park and they put a big wall out in left field, that he, you know, this 26-year-old has done really, really well. Um, and I'm happy to see it. He is in the top 30 in terms of war and weighted runs created plus and things like that. So he does have a, he, he is having an all-star caliber season. The problem is there are too many outfield superstars for him to get looked at. And he's on a bad team, which kind of, which sucks, but that is the way it goes. Um, the other one that I want to talk about is Jorge Lopez, who is their closer right now. So Jorge Lopez, um, I was really shocked to be looking at Jorge Lopez and seeing how well he's doing in terms of, you know, how well, how well he's pitching because normally we don't see Baltimore pitchers doing very well, um, starters or relievers. But when you look at this, so Jorge Lopez, according to baseball reference anyway, has a uh, three and three record at 0.93 ER, 0.93 ERA, um, and 29 innings pitched. And again, he doesn't have, he is the closer. So he is getting the majority of the saves. He does have eight saves, which doesn't sound good, but when you're on a losing team, you're racking up saves, which is, which is good. He's got 27 strikeouts and 29 innings pitch, just a little under, um, nine, strikeouts per inning pitch. According to baseball reference, his ERA plus, which is the same as ERA minus in um, fan graphs, is, but just the other way around, you want a bigger number, so you want more than 100, is 434. 434. That is insane. Insane. Um, let's see. Let's look at the ERA minus for relief pitchers. When you're looking at relief pitchers, Jorge Lopez is right there. He's in the top 10. He's got a 24 ERA minus. Okay. So in this sense, Jorge Lopez is one of the best relievers in the game. The problem is he's on a bad team. So he can't show that he's one of the best relievers in the game. He's striking out 23.3% of, of hitters. He walks a little too many for my taste, especially as a closer, but he's striking out a lot of people and he's getting outs. He's not giving up very many runs, which is awesome to see. It's great. I mean, he may be helped by his defense a little bit, but still, Jorge Lopez having an all-star season. Austin Hayes having an all-star season. Uh, so obviously we're in the AL East now, so we're going to go to the Red Sox. Uh, the Red Sox have been on a tear lately. They were really, really disappointing at the beginning of the year, but they have been on a tear lately. Um, so let's let's look at the AL East because um, the AL East is very, very tough. Um, but let's see. So you're looking at the Yankees up top. You know, they're they're... They're just doing awesome. You have the Blue Jays at 35 and 24, the Rays 35 and 25. The Red Sox have been on a tear um, as of late. In their last 10 games, they're 8 and 2. Um, so they've gotten above 500. They're at 32 and 29. The only team with a losing record is the Orioles. So 
you know, there are a few people that you can look at to become an all-star for the Red Sox. But the Red Sox, I mean, it's, they're obvious. You've got your Xander Bogarts, your Rafael Devers, your J.D. Martinez. You have a disappointing season so far for Trevor Story, so I'm not voting for Trevor Story as an all-star. But those guys offensively could prob- could prob will probably be getting all-star votes. But those are obvious. The one that I want to focus on is actually pitching. Um, although their pitching has been has left a little to be desired, there is one bright spot, Michael Waka. 30-year-old Michael Waka has come back and had a resurgent season um, in 10 games started and 54 innings pitched. He's at a 2.33 ERA, good for a 180 ERA+. plus. Uh, he's got 36 strikeouts and 54 innings pitched, so he's not going to strike people out, but he is getting outs. He is, I mean, he's on fire right now. He's doing really good. I picked him up on the waiver wire on my fantasy team. If you're looking for... And under the radar pitcher, you probably want to look at Michael Waka in terms of that. Um, in terms of fan graphs and ERA minus, I would assume Michael Waka is right up there with everybody else. Uh, of course, I made a liar out of myself. He's not. Um, but all, all in all, Michael Waka has had a very, very good season. Um and the more, the more and more I say Michael Waka, the more I just think of Pac-Man. I just think of Waka, 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 Waka. But anyway, um, so he's got a, I mean, like I said, he's not going to strike out very many people. He's striking out six people per nine. Um, his walks are a little high, 2.67. But you can't argue with the results. He's got a 2.33 ERE, maybe overperforming a little bit. But nonetheless, Michael Waka is having an all-star caliber season. The Yankees. I really had a hard time doing this because there are so many people in the Yan- there are so many players in the Yankees that deserve a nod when it comes to uh, the All Star Game. I mean, offensively, you're looking at um, Jose Trevino is having a heck of a season. Anthony Rizzo um, is he's kind of disappointing, but still he's he has his. On base percentage is 319, which is pretty good. That's 100 points above his batting average. Um, Glaber Torres showing that he's still got something, um, still got something in him. Um, you've got Aaron Judge. I mean, Aaron Judge is on fire. Giancarlo Stanton is also on fire. Uh, DJ LeMahieu has had a pretty good season for DJ LeMahieu standards, um, but. Where it really has been is their pitching, and I know I'm very pitching heavy right now. Um, it's been their pitching. You have Jamison Tyone, you have Garrett Cole, you have Jordan Montgomery, who's done really well. You have Nestor Cortez, who has become, in, I guess, the ace of this staff when it comes to right now anyway. Um, Luis Severino's doing really well. But I think I want to talk about the breakout sensation of Clay Holmes, their new closer with the fact that Aroldis Chapman is on the um, 15-day IL. Clay Holmes has taken that closer job, and in my mind, he's taken it from Aroldis Chapman. It's time for Aroldis Chapman to step aside, and Clay Holmes is now the closer for the Yankees, in my opinion. Um, He's pitched 28 and two-thirds innings. Um, He's pitched in 27 games. He's got a 4-0 ERA, and he already has nine saves. Even though he was not the original closer, Clay Holmes now has nine saves. In 28 and two-thirds innings pitch, he's only given up 16 hits, one run. 
He's given up one run in 28 and two-thirds innings pitched. He struck out 29 people to the to the tune of an ERA of 0.31, which means he's given up less than one run per inning or per nine innings. And an ERA plus, remember, that's the adjusted ERA for the parks and all of that. You want above 100. You guys ready for this? An ERA plus of 1,226. Folks, even if you don't know anything about baseball, that you have to know that that is an insane number. That is insane. The dude has got a sinker that he throws at 97 miles an hour that moves like a two-seamer, okay? For those of you that don't know pitching, sinkers are not supposed to move that much. Sinkers are only supposed to drop maybe an inch or two just to get a ground ball, okay? Two-seamers move probably two or three inches. They're supposed to anyway. That's what this sinker does. This sinker moves down and to the side two or three inches, that's bananas. And throwing it at 97 miles an hour. You ain't hitting that. You are not hitting that pitch. And with everybody, even Nestor Cortez and his 196 and his Mario mustache he's got going on. I really, really, in my opinion, Clay Holmes is the best pitcher on this staff right now. And that says a lot because they have probably the best pitching staff in the majors right now. So you're looking at your closer being the best pitcher. It's insane. Even more. Let's 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 keep going with this. In 28 and two-thirds innings pitch, three walks, 16 hits, three walks, 29 strikeouts. He's given up he's given up less hits than he has strikeouts. I just and just just to put it in context, he's faced 105 batters. So he's striking out 30%, almost 30% of hitters that he's facing. I can keep giving you more and more and more, uh, more and more and more stats, but I don't think I can say anything more. Clay Holmes is the uh, is an all-star. If Clay Holmes is not on the all-star team, I will hurt somebody because this dude is on fire right now. This dude has has the goods. Um, so at the risk of sounding like I'm kissing his butt, I'm going to move on. So let's move on to the Rays. Uh, the Rays, again, they're, they're the Rays. They are steadily and quietly being a very, very, they're being a very good team. They are, you know, making it hard for the people or the other teams in the AL East. They're 35 and 25, third place. They're making it hard for the Jays to catch up to the Yankees, although the Yankees are on a whole nother level right now. Um, you're having, which is really interesting, but this team is really interesting because I thought we were going to see all-star seasons from people like Wander Franco and Randy Rosarena and, you know, people like that, but you're not. You're not really seeing... I mean, you're seeing a good season from Wander Franco, but not a great season from Wander Franco. You're seeing a good season from Randy Rosarena, but not a great season from Randy Rosarena. Um, Brett Phillips, although he's not having a great season, is just really entertaining to watch. 
Um, you have G-Man Choi, who's doing really well. Um, you have a lot of people doing really well. You have Yandy Diaz having a quietly good season. Manuel Margot having a very quietly good season. Um, but I want to highlight again, I want to highlight the pitching a little bit because this man is probably a front runner right now for the AL Cy Young. I'm talking about Shane McClanahan. Uh, Shane McClanahan has a seven and two record with a 1.87 ERA, uh, 12 and 12 games, 72 and a third innings pitched. It's a lot of innings. Uh, he's given up 15 earned runs, 49 hits. And 98 strikeouts so far. 98 strikeouts in 12 games. 72 and a third innings pitched. He's got 98 strikeouts. That's a lot. Uh, like I said, to the tune of a 187 ERA. An ERA plus of 188. When you look at fan graphs and you compare him to other starters, Shane McClanahan is the best. Or he's one of the best. Shane McClanahan is the sixth best in terms of war. He is, I got to sort it by ERA here. He is fourth best in terms of ERA. Um, uh, K per nine. He is the best. 12.19, or he's the second best. 12.19 K per nine. Uh, let's see. Let's look at uh, strikeout percentage. So strikeout percentage, Shane McClanahan is the best, 35.5%. Walk percentage is really low. His walk percentage is 4.7%, which is ninth best, okay? Top 10 pitcher, Mima, and uh, batting average against. So how often are the hitters hitting off of him? He's got a 187 batting average against. That's ever you know for every hitter. That's good for third best. One of the best pitchers in the MLB right now, Shane McClanahan, is an all-star. The Jays. Let's look at the Blue Jays. Their catcher, Alejandro Kirk, is who I'm going to um, give the spotlight to at this point. In a lineup that I really did not think I was going to give Alejandro Kirk any sort of spotlight because there are so many young Good hitters on this team. You have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You have Bo Bichette. Um, you have George Springer. You have, you know, and then you have pitching. You have Jose Barrios, Kevin Gosman. And then we're not going to talk about how I said from the get-go with all of these people that Alec Manoa was going to be a really good pitcher and one of the, probably a top 15 pitcher this year. Everybody thought was was looking at me like I was crazy. Alec Manoa has a 1.81 ERA. He could be an all-star as well, but I'm not going to talk about that because, you know, I'm right. Anyway, so, but I want to give, and the reason why I want to give Alejandro Kirk some spotlight is because he is pulling off offense like he's not a catcher. For those of you that don't know baseball very well, catching is not an offensive position right now. Catching is a defensive position. You are looking for somebody who is good at defense behind the plate. And if he's not good at hitting, then he's not good at hitting. It, it That doesn't matter. Whereas most other positions, you need to be able to hit to get on the field. You need to be able to have some defense to get on the, uh, to get on the field when it comes to catching. But this guy is hitting really well. He is probably the second, the, the second best hitting catcher behind Wilson Contreras. So he's probably the best hitting catcher in the AL. And that says, and that's compared to people like Salvador Perez, 
and people like that. Even when you factor him, or when you um, when you compare him to other catchers in the league, he's probably the second best, right? So, and that's talking about people like Salvador Perez, Will Smith of the Dodgers, JT Realmuto of the Phillies. You know, you're looking, and Alejandro Kirk is out hitting all of them. He's got a 318 batting average, a 401 uh, OBP, and a 471 slugging. In 157 at-bats, which doesn't quite make him a qualified hitter, but catchers are a little different because catchers, they usually split time, so they don't get as much at-bats. But in 157 at-bats, he's got five homers, okay? Uh, But he's got nine doubles. He's slugging the ball. He's hitting the ball hard, okay? He's got an OPS plus of 150, okay? And like, and if you filter him out and you compare him to, you can't compare him to, I mean, shoot, why not? Let's compare him to the entire league and just see where he's at because I'm really interested to see that now. Um, in terms of, oh, that's pitching. Uh, in terms of, let's go, Okay, so players with 100, 100 plate appearances. If you filter it out by average, Alejandro Kirk is the 14th, has the 14th best average. Sandwiched in between Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, and then right in front of Aaron Judge, Bryce Harper. Right there with them. In terms of OBP, he's got a 401 OBP, which is pretty good. Let's see where, uh, where, where he falls. 11th, sandwiched between Paul Goldschmidt, Jordan Alvarez. Well, he's got a better on-base than Wilson Contreras. He's better than Manny Machado, better than Tim Anderson, better than Mike Trout right now. Slugging percentage um, is not going to be big, I don't think. Um, No, he's got a 471, so you're not going to see him there. A weighted runs created plus of 149 which is good for 23rd best. A catcher, which is not supposed to be offensive. It has the 23rd best weighted runs created plus out of hundreds of hitters. This dude has is having a great offensive season for a catcher. So I'm putting Alejandro Kirk on there. The Astros. Uh, so let so now we're moving on to the AL West. So I'm going to run down the AL West a little bit. The AL West has seen not very many shakeups um, as of recent, um, but the Astros, in this term, in this sense, the AL West was surprising in that I thought the Mariners were going to take this division, and right now they're fourth place in the division. The Astros are once again running away with the division. Now... It was the Angels's. They were first in the division for a long time, but they went on a franchise record 14-game losing streak, and I was about ready to smack myself over the head with a bat because it was just painful to watch. Um, in their last 10, they are 2-8, and eight, even though they have gotten great seasons from, surprise seasons from Taylor Ward, great season from Mike Trout. Um, Shohei Otani is doing what I thought Shohei Otani was going to do. He's taking a step back in both pitching and and hitting. Um, but even then, this is how weak the AL West is at this point. The Angels were in first in this league, right? They were first in this division. And then they went on this 14-game losing streak, and they're still half a game out of second place. 
The Astros are up top at 37 and 23. And then the Rangers are eight and a half games back from the Astros at 28 and 31. And the Angels are nine games back at 29 and 33. The Mariners are right there as well at 27 and 33. And then the A's are just awful, 21 and 41 at 17 uh, games back. So this that's how weak this division is. But the Astros have been a bright spot um, in the AOS. They are not looking like the Astros of old, but they are looking, but they are looking like a very good team nonetheless. Having great offensive seasons from Jose Altuve. Remember, I picked him as my second base, uh, second baseman uh, all-star. You have Jeremy Pena doing really well, taking over for Carlos Correa. So I'm sure the Astros don't miss Carlos Correa that much. Uh, you have Michael Brantley having a good season. You have Kyle Tucker, who had a slow start, but is picking it back up. Jordan Alvarez is probably one of the best hitters on the planet right now. Um, and then you have uh, Framber Valdez having a uh, very good season pitching-wise. You have Christian Javier pitching very well. Um, their bullpen is doing very well from Ryan Stenek, Rafael Montero, Hector Neris, Ryan Presley. They're all doing very well. But the one that I want to give spotlight to because I want to give spotlight to this guy because he has surprised me quite a bit. Not only the fact that he's back on the field, but he's back on the field doing so well at the age that he is at. I'm talking about Justin Verlander, the future Hall of Famer. Justin Verlander is the ace of this staff. If Anybody was asking any questions about it. Justin Verlander is the ace of this staff. Justin Verlander is 39 years old, has pitched 12 games, 78 and two-thirds innings pitched. That is a lot. And he and even then, he's pitching to the tune of a 1.94 ERA. 1.94 ERA, which is insane in my book. That is that's crazy. Just so you know, in terms of innings pitched, the only person, the only starter that has pitched more innings than Justin Verlander is Sandy Alcantara of the Marlins, who is probably at least 10, 11, 12 years younger than him. That's just, it's bananas. It's insane. And even then, Sandy Alcantara has pitched 83 and two-thirds innings. Justin Verlander has pitched 78 and two-thirds innings. Sandy Alcantara has a 1.61 ERA. Justin Verlander has a 1.94 ERA. Um, I mean, Justin Verlander has more strikeouts than, than Sandy Alcantara. When you filter it out in terms of strikeouts, let's take a look. Um, he has 78 strikeouts, which is the 11th most. At 39 years old, this man is in the top 10 in almost any pitching statistic that you click on. Uh, let's see, K per nine. Justin Verlander is, of course, it's just as I say that, he's not in the top 10 in K per nine, but he is up there. He's in the top 30, 27th. He's right there. I mean, he is one of the best again. He has not lost a step um, coming off of injury and at 39 years old, he is still the Justin Verlander that everybody knows. Justin Verlander is 14th. Actually, he's tied for 11th in, in war. Um, he leads the league in wins at 8-2. I'm, 
I, I think I'm willing to admit at this point that I was wrong about Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander is back, and Justin Verlander is back better than, or just as good as he was before he left. So Justin Verlander, go have fun in, in L.A. at the All-Star Game. Um, the Angels. I could go on and on and on about how disappointed I am in the Angels right now because the Angels were on top. They were doing really well. I didn't expect them to keep going at the pace that they were, but... Still, it was nice to see the offense putting some stuff together, the pitching putting some stuff together. They didn't have to rely as much on Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. You were getting Anthony Rendon, who was hitting switch hitting home runs. You were getting, you know, uh, uh, young their young stars, the Taylor Ward and Brandon Marsh, and people like that were hitting the cover off the baseball, doing really well. You had defense from Andrew Velasquez. Um, you had. Pitching was stepping up. Noah Syndergaard was stepping up. Now he's falling apart, and apparently he doesn't want to face the Mets um, like a wimp. Uh, and then you've got uh, you've got Otani, who's not bad, but he's not doing fancy. He's doing good. Let's say that. He's doing good. Uh, you had Michael Lorenzen, who's had a good season so far. But the bright spot that I want to, um, even amidst the 14-game losing streak and not doing as well as what you know as they had been at the beginning. The bright spot that I want to I want to give a bright spot to Patrick Sandoval. Now, Patrick Sandoval has been poised, I think, in my opinion, to have a breakout season. He had really good stuff. He just needed to put it together, and so far he has done that. He had another good start last night, even though uh, they lost to the Mets. Uh, Patrick Sandoval um, has a three and two record, a two eight three ERA and fifty four innings pitched. Uh, he's pitched in ten games so far, so he's averaged about five point five point four innings. Okay, so a little over five innings. Uh, he's given up forty seven hits, uh, seventeen earned runs. Uh, he struck out fifty four people, so he's struck out one. Per inning, which is good for a 9K per 9, 9.0K per 9. Um, he's got an ERA plus of 139. Compared to other people, compared to the other pitchers, I mean, he's not on the same level per se as some of these other pitchers, but he has done well for an Angels pitching staff that has been in shambles for years now. Um, it's just been really difficult to watch over the years in terms of uh, in terms of the Angels pitching staff. But even then, Patrick Sandoval is in the top thirty in ERA. Um, let's see, is Patrick Sandoval? He's just outside the top thirty in K per nine. Um, in WAR, he is just out. He's right in the top thirty, 29th. 1.4. So he is having an all-star caliber season, but you're going to be seeing votes for people like Kevin Gossman and Zach Wheeler and Sandy Alcantara, Shane McClanahan, Carlos Rodon, um, you know, Nestor Cortez. Uh, I think Justin Verlander will get some votes. Um, so, and Corbin Burns and Dylan Cease and people like that. There are too, there are too many pitchers in my mind that are doing well 
and are doing just slightly better than Patrick Sandoval for Patrick Sandoval to get the nod to go to the All-Star game. As much as I think he deserves it, I don't think he's going to go. And plus, on top of that, he's got Shohei Otani and Mike Trout on, on his team. So they're going to be getting most of the votes, whereas um, Patrick Sandoval should probably be getting more votes than Shohei Otani at this point. Yes, you heard it here. Patrick Sandoval, from an Angel fan, Patrick Sandoval should be getting more votes or should be getting more all-star consideration than Shohei Otani. Um, the A's. I can't say I can't say enough. I I can't say more about the A's other than they suck. There really isn't anything to to talk about when it comes to the A's. The A's are a dumpster fire. They are god awful. There really isn't anything to talk about with them. Um, nobody is batting over 300. Um, you have a couple that are batting over a, a, a hundred OPS plus, but it's really close to a hundred. So what's the point? Um, literally you only have one hitter on the athletics that is batting over 250. It is just depressing and sad and they should be ashamed of themselves at how terrible they're they are and what and just they are ruining baseball in Oakland and it's just an embarrassment. They are the best minor league team in the majors I have seen all year long. Um you see some bright spots in the pitching staff, but again, it's not much. Frankie Montas will probably get a little bit of all-star consideration, even though he's having just an okay season. Um, AJ Puck is finally starting to look like the prospect that he was to the tune of a 1.780 RA in 21 games. But the one that I really think the only one that deserves to do anything in terms of get any sort of um, consideration for the all-star game is Paul Blackburn. Um, Paul Blackburn has a 231 ERA, good for a 159 ERA plus. Um, again, Paul Blackburn really is, I mean, he's up here in the top 30 in a number of these categories. He's in the top 30 in war. Uh, he's in the top 30 in uh, ERA. Uh, let me see. ERA, actually, I think he's more than the top 10. I think he's let's see, 2.31. He's 11th. He's just outside the top 10. So, Paul Blackburn has done well despite the rest of his team sucking. The only thing that I have to say to Paul Blackburn is you're having an all-star season, but you're not making it because you're on the worst team in the league. So I there really isn't anything else to say beyond that. Um, the Mariners. Oh, the Mariners are really frustrating because I want them to win so bad. I like how the Mariners are built. The Mariners have a lot of good pieces. But the Mariners just cannot put it together. They are 27 and 33, fourth place in the AOS. They look like they were going to do really well, but they just have not been able to put it together um, offensively or pitching. Um, even then, you have good pieces. You have one, two, three, four players hitting over 100. You have your rookie, Julio Rodriguez, who's actually now starting to fit the bill of what he was advertised as. You have the pitching staff. You have Robbie Ray. You have Logan Gilbert. You have your uh, guy in George or George Kirby, who's having a decent season for it being his first year here. You have a good bullpen, um, but oh, it's just it's it's tough to watch. Um, 
it's not even the fact that people are injured. It's just they're just not being able to put it together. But there are some bright spots. Now, remember, I picked J.P. Crawford as my shortstop all-star all-star getter, but I also picked this guy as uh, the first base AL nod, Ty France. Uh, Ty France is batting 325 with a 404 OBP and a 489 slugging percentage, and he's got a uh, 161 OPS plus, um, 38 RBIs. He's hitting nine homers. The only other one that's ha- the only other uh, player on the team that has more is a Eugenio Suarez at 11. Um, Again, he's another one, Ty France. I think if you look at hitters, he's probably not going to be up up there in terms of hitting. Let's see. Oh, Ty France is fifth. Okay, he's fifth in average. He is uh, fourth in OBP. Uh, is he anywhere in slugging? Probably not. Uh, Ty France is... 22nd in slugging. So, you know, that's that's not bad. That's pretty good. Uh, he's got a weighted runs created plus of 165, which is really good. Let's see. That puts him at ninth. Sandwich right in between Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Um, he's got a war of 2.3, which is good for... Uh, he is tied for 14th with Bryce Harper... Kyle, Kyle Tucker, um, he's right around there. He's right there with Xander Bogarts, Francisco Lindor, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner. He's right there. So Ty France is having a career year, a really good season. And I mean, he's, if we, let's see, if we go down to first baseman, the only first baseman collectively that's better than Ty France right now is Paul Goldschmidt. And Col- Paul Goldschmidt is hitting out of his mind right now. He's hitting his brains out. Okay, so in my mind, Ty France deserves the AL nod. You don't see another AL first baseman on this uh, uh, on the standings in terms of ranking until you get down to sixth in Luis Arias. But even then, uh, after Luis Arias, you're looking at Trey Mancini at ninth, Jose Abreu at eleventh. Ty France is the best AL first baseman so far in this first half of the season. And last but not least, we're going to round out the Rangers. The Rangers are also a disappointing team. They had some big acquisitions and much to many people's... Many people thought they were going to do well. I didn't think they were going to do as well as many people thought they were going to do. But still, they have some good pieces. And Nathaniel Lau, who's had a decent season. But Corey Seager has had a disappointing season. Marcus Simeon has a disappointing season. Adolis Garcia... It's okay. Cole Calhoun went on a went on a tear for a while. Mitch Garver has not done very well, and their pitching staff is just is has fallen apart. But the bright spot in the pitching staff and the person I'm going to highlight is I don't know where Martin Perez came from because he's been a bum for the last several years. But Martin Perez all of a sudden has 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 pulled one of the best pitching performances so far. He's at he's. At 31 years old, he has a 4-2 ERA, a 2-1-8 ERA. Um, he's got a complete game shutout. He's got 60 strikeouts. He's pitched 74 in a third innings pitched. Um, he's got an ERA plus of 179. Um, I mean, there really isn't much to complain about when it comes to um, when it comes to Martin Perez. In terms of war, Martin Perez is the seventh best pitcher. Um, ERA, let's see. 
um, 218 ERA. He is right there. He's in the top 10. He's seventh. Um, so, I mean, he's right where he's, he's right there, right in the thick of it. Um, when it comes to these pitchers and even then he's got the eighth best, he's right around seventh or eighth in every, in every category that I'm, that I'm poking. So it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know what he's turned on all of a sudden, but Martin Perez is one of the best pitchers. Um, he's again, he's probably not going to get any sort of, any sort of, uh, in, um, vindication for it because he's got Alcantara and Verlander and Ray and you know all of these guys that are probably going to get um, consideration over him. But it's something to say, right? There's there's something to to be said there that Martin Perez is having a very good season and he is having what is probably an All Star caliber season. So that rounds out the. Um, Every team, every AL team's all-star anyway. So we are going to go to last call. And last call, um, for those of you, it's been a while, so I'll tell you what last call is. Last call is basically um, story time, I guess you want to say. It's personal stories, um, personal baseball stories. If I have a guest on, usually the guest tells one. Um, I'm going to tell one as well. Um, We've heard very many, uh, we've heard very many. Look at me, I'm talking on a podcast and can't talk. Um, So we... I have had a lot of good stories and this one is recent and I don't know if it's more of a story as it is more of just a kudos that I want to give uh, that I want to shout out to. Many of you know that I uh, coached um, a little league team recently and we just finished up our season and um, our team ended up taking second place um in losing in the championship game by two runs to a team that was actually really, really good. Um, I've had some of those boys for two seasons now, and we, you know, those kids went from kids that were having a very hard time hitting and throwing and only winning two games in the fall to winning, to only losing two games in the, in the spring season. And it was, it was a really great team. Um, we had a lot of hits. We had a lot of um, we had a lot of great plays. Um, the boys got a whole lot better. We had a lot of laughs and it ha- we had a lot of fun. So um, I just want to say congratulations to the um, to the Chino Little League uh, Braves. That was my team for uh, on such a great season. Thank you for such a great season. And then um, I also want to give a shout out to the Tigers as well um, for winning um, the best best team won. Uh, so, but thanks for giving us a great game and, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that settles last call. Um, and I think that concludes the show. Thank you for listening to the round trippers podcast. You can find us on many different platforms. You can find us on Spotify, Apple podcast, Stitcher. You can find us on, uh, iHeartRadio. You can find us on Google podcasts. You can find us on so many different, um, so many different, really any uh, platform that you're listening to podcasts on. Um, if you want to talk to me, um, or if you want to just, you know, sit around and talk baseball with me, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me in the, um, baseball life Facebook group. In my opinion, the best baseball group, uh, on social media. Um, you're going to meet me as, as well as a lot of other great baseball minds. You can also find us on Twitter 
at uh, round underscore trippers. Um, go ahead and you can tag me there and have a conversation with me there. Um, you can go ahead and give us a follow there as well. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Um, be on the lookout for part two of this where I'm going to give my NL all-star candidates um, in the next few days. And until, but until then, until next time, I am your host, Austin Spiro. Have a good one, everybody.